and welcome to another edition of How Good Is Rugby League. My name is Emmanuel Penklis and joining me as always is the one and only Michael Corbin. Michael, how are you? Emmanuel, I am good, thanks. It has been a whirlwind of a week in rugby league and the inevitable has finally happened. We've been talking about it for months, basically since the first two rounds, even before then, it's been spoken about for probably the last three or four years. Mary McGregor is no longer coaching the St. George Illawarra Dragons. That is right. Mary becomes the fourth coach to be sacked this season, following in the footsteps of Dean Pay, Paul Green and Stephen Kearney. Um, Mary McGregor coached his final game on the weekend and ironically, it was for a win. Uh, so it, in a tumultuous four seasons with St. George, uh, lots of ups and downs, um, you know, a, a handful of May premierships um, and a, a lot of disappointing ends to the season. Uh, and it, it all came to an end uh, last weekend against the Parramatta Eels, St. George victorious. 14-12, but as you said, it, it had been the talking point for months. Um, the coach was part of a, an end-of-season review last year conducted by Phil Gould, which we thought was going to lead to his inevitable demise from the club. It seemingly bought him time, um, and Gus revealed on his podcast during the week that the review did not do any of the things we assumed it to do. Um, and that, it, you know, it was it was not really a review in the first place. So it, it added more confusion to it. But Mary's gone. Um, Favourite son, Dean Young, is now caretaker coach. And the Dragons are on the uh, hunt for a new coach. Michael, what do we reckon? Yeah, uh, I know from one of the biggest Dragons fans I know, James, uh, he was excited about the news. He's been calling for Mary's head for a while now, probably for the last two seasons. There was a point, I think about three seasons ago, where he was given an ultimatum. He had to win like six out of his last 10 games or something, and he managed to do it. The Dragons managed to win those games, but ever since then, his head's been on the chopping block. And last year, they missed the finals. The year before, they scraped through. They, they had that game against Souths where Adam Reynolds scored all 11 points. Uh, in the in the finals, and they're they're out in the first round. They beat the Broncos, and they're out in the second round. But yeah, they just haven't lived up to the height considering the names on that roster. Um, and I, I think you know sometimes a coach just needs a change of scenery to get out of a toxic workplace that he's in to to you know have a fresh start. And he's gonna be he's probably not going to get a head coaching job next year. Uh, but I can see him being a great assistant somewhere. He's he's a very well-respected person around rugby league. Uh, everyone says he's one of the nicest blokes you'll ever meet. And you could just see that the players still wanted to play for him. Cameron McInnes uh, really... Cameron McInnes was in tears after the fact that he got... Uh, once he got fired, gave him his jersey on that night because more Paul McGregor was the one who gave him his uh, first jersey in first grade. So I think I think there's still a role for Mary in the NRL. Uh, but a needed break will uh, let him freshen up, get a new, you know, lease in life and help the mental state that I'm sure he's been like the amount of, the amount of criticism he's copped over the last few years can't do well for anyone. So I hope he's back at some point, but yeah, Dragons fans seem to be pretty happy with the, the news. 
Yeah, Dragons fans are thrilled. Um, PNT actually, as he always does, sent us an instant message and predicted that St George would win for Mary. Uh, that is exactly what happened. Uh, and of course, they beat Parramatta, who we will talk about a bit later in the podcast. But uh, the obvious question now turns to who's going to replace um, Paul McGregor at the Dragons. Um, you know, Shane Flanagan's currently the assistant coach there. He's a premiership winner from 2016. He's, of course, been mired in off-field controversy. He's currently banned from coaching another club um, or coaching coaching a club as the head coach. Um, the only role he's actually allowed to play at the moment is the assistant coach, the Dragons. He's currently one year into that and will have to serve in that position next year. Um, and we've discussed on this podcast before, um, and I think you were in, in agreement with me on this, Corbs, I'm not in a position where I think the, the NRL should be giving leeway just because St. George need a new coach to let him take that role. So, um, and I don't think the NRL are going to move on that anyway. So uh, uh, the question becomes, who is going to coach St. George? Um, obviously, you know, do you have any thoughts on this? Uh, first of all, yeah, the NRL doesn't see, or from all reports, the NRL does not seem like they're going to budge on Shane Flanagan's ban, and so they shouldn't. So what if St. George don't have a coach? This guy uh, knew what he did. He was punished for it. You can't just uh, shorten his ban uh, for what he did. So Shane Flanagan will not be coaching next year in the NRL, and I don't think the Dragons are going to be pursuing uh, to lobby with the NRL to even get him to coach next year. I think they're after the Roosters' assistant head coach. Craig Fitzgibbon. He's the perfect candidate for it. He's probably the best assistant coach in the NRL at the moment. Uh, he has worked under Freddie for Origin. He's worked under Robbo for the last three years, I believe. Uh, he is a St. George Jr. He lives down in Wollongong. And all this, he, he turned down the Dragons. He turned down the Knights job. I uh, think he was pursued for the Warriors job. He just keeps on turning down all the head coaching jobs and you have to think, what for? When's your time going to come? What are you waiting for? I think this is a job. Yeah. Um, my understanding was, however, that he had a handshake agreement with Nick Politis to stay at the Roosters until the end of 2021. Um, handshake agreements with Nick Politis do not seem to ever be broken. So <laughs> uh, I expect him to stay in that role until the end of 2021, which means that the Dragons have all these coaching options that are available the season after next. Um, and as we have flagged, sacking a coach does not always solve your problems. So no. um, watch this space, I guess, uh, is the key there. Um, another big thing to come out of the weekend was the first send-off of the year in the Titans Cronulla game, a biting charge. Um, Kevin Proctor on Sean Johnson. Um, a tackle was made by Sean Johnson where uh, he appeared to use his forearm to cover um, Proctor's mouth so he couldn't breathe. Um, Michael, you and I were both watching this game. We texted each other. We both agreed it was a send-off. Uh, we have since watched replays listen to discussion and we are both not so sure if it was meant to be a send-off yeah the, the fact that the moment the game finished sean johnson was in an interview he tried to backtrack it you know didn't want to say anything about it i know kevin proctor is his good mate their kiwi teammates but then you know kevin kevin proctor was so adamant that he didn't do it 
I, I'm so confused. I, I, I don't know whether there was any malice in the bite, whether his mouth was pried open by Johnson's forearm. And, you know, in, I can understand that in the heat of the moment, Johnson would have felt teeth on his arm, which is, we saw teeth on the arm, right? Whether Proctor actually bit down, clamped down, is another question. I'm not sure about that. But it looked like a bite live. It looked like a bite on the replay. And I supported the referee's decision to send him off because I think biting is one of the worst and lowest acts in the game. But if, if there was no malice in what Kevin Proctor did and he didn't actually clamp down, then you know, he doesn't want to have that stigma put on him for the rest of his career, however long that is. Yeah, and look, I think this is in, looking back at it, it's an instinctive reaction to the fact that his mouth and his nose were covered, which prevented his breathing. Um, I have serious concerns about Sean Johnson's behaviour afterwards. It, it is very, very poor gamesmanship on his part. Um, there was a, much speculation about how the fact that these two are, are, are New Zealand, um, New Zealand Kiwis teammates, um, it's poor form and this sort of behaviour, these little things uh, are not great if they start to creep into the game. Um, unfortunately, like biting is such a serious allegation that it, it's just there's so much weight held in the referee by the person that's the victim in that situation. Um, and I worry that Sean Johnson sort of milked that a bit and, and then as soon as the player was sent off, realised the severity of what has happened. So... Um, in a, in a huge week for the judiciary, Proctor has been charged. Um, he's pleaded not guilty. He will fight it. Um, and it has been referred um, to the um, match, uh, to the committee for that one. So um, we will see what happens. And, and look, to be honest, having watched it live and then having watched replays of it, it really could go either way. Um, there was a chat yesterday on the Sunday footing show that um, James... James Graham's James Graham's biting charge is the um, from the 2012 grand final on Billy Slater is the sort of the gold standard that everything is compared against. So let's see what comes out of that. I agree. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think based on what's going on, I don't see Proctor getting the 12 weeks that Graham got. Graham's looked a lot more vicious and had a lot more malice in it. We will see. That is just what I think might happen. I still think he might see some time, though. I don't think he's going to get completely off. All right, Emmanuel. Uh, we've talked about biting. We've talked about the coach, uh, Mary, losing his job. But the big one of the big things out of this week, and a, a story that's been building up over the whole NRL season, is the mounting in- injury crisis. Now, apparently, injuries this season are up by almost 70%. And a lot of questions are being raised about whether it's the rule changes, the new six again rule, which is causing this. Uh, there's beliefs that, uh, you know, because players are under so much more fatigue, they're making poor decisions, which are leading to uh, poor decision or defense, which are leading to these injuries. Um, I kind of tend to agree. Well, it's unsurprising that you tend to agree. Coach <laughs> Robinson was one of the ones that came up with this excuse. It was the perfect distraction from the Roosters' disgraceful performance last week. Unsurprising you jump in. It is the two master decoys at work here, Craig Bellamy and Trent Robinson. I'm sorry, Corbs, this has me fired up. The Roosters have injury woes. Oh, we're so sorry for a team that has more stars 
that half the teams in the competition has a star-studded lineup out, and then they have the claim that it's $4 million worth of salary cap. I'm sorry, at any other club, this would be $15 million worth of salary cap talent. So don't give me this crap. Um, there are a lot of injuries this season. <laughs> He's lost it. He's lost it. Oh, that was fantastic. <laughs> well done. Uh, no. Uh, I'll rebut <laughs> soon. You. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> this has nothing to do with rule changes. Absolutely nothing to do with rule changes. This has a lot to do with the current predicament players are in. This has a lot to do with game day travel. It has a lot to do with recovery times. Um, there is a lot of in and out and uh, of traveling and movement, um, especially when you're playing an away game. The whole routine is disrupted for everyone this season and players are struggling to react to it. I also think that mentally, the players probably aren't thinking as clearly because they are stuck in these bubbles. Well, they're supposed to be stuck in these bubbles. I think it's impacted the routine. It's impacted what the players can do. Um, are they still doing their their um, their beach swim recoveries? Are they still doing pool sessions? We're hearing a lot less about what is going on in their training and their recovery. And I think the rule changes is an easy target in this sense. Um, Look, I, there are a lot of injuries this year, but I, I, I don't think it would be such a talking point if it wasn't for the Roosters having all the injuries. That's yeah, you, just my opinion. Just my opinion. You mentioned the Roosters. They have currently 12 players on the sideline. That's almost a full roster. Uh, news came out this afternoon that Mitchell Orbison is likely done for the season after tearing a ligament in his wrist. Um, which is a shame because he is sitting at 301 games for the Roosters, which is tied for most caps ever by a Rooster. And um, I don't think he'll play another game for us again. But yeah, uh, look, there's definitely more fatigue in the game. And you see that we, we saw at the start of a season, those teams that didn't come into the bubble fit or didn't come into this, this resumption fit were getting blown out a little bit by the good teams uh, who were who were, you know, a bit more prepared. Uh, there's definitely, I think, I like the rule changes, but I think the refs are becoming a bit too liberal with it. They're using it too often. There's all these infringements that we're not seeing that it's all of a sudden it's six again. And we're, we're, not, getting an, we're not getting an explanation live because the game just continues. But there was a game a couple of weeks ago where there was, I think, close to 20, 20 there was, 12 restarts, six again restarts, and something like 11 penalties. And that's a, that's a ridiculous number. So it's not that... I, I don't think it's that the rule changes are the cause of this. I think they're being used too liberally. And yeah, I, I worry that, you know, we're going to see more injuries going on in the future. Uh, the Broncos are another team that's been ravaged by injury. The Raiders are a team that's been hurt by injury. The Knights... Uh, have lost a couple key players as well. Storm have lost Dale Finucane now uh, for what looks like to be the rest of the regular season. So players are dropping. Uh, and, you know, it hurts the competition. Yeah. And look, like some of these injuries, and I, I'm particularly looking at Manly here, some of these injuries are in the, in the earlier stages um, post-COVID break when the NRL had a limited number of um, stadium stadia that it was using at the time. So if you think about that Manly game where they lost um, Trevojevic, Walker, um, 
Oh, the name of the other one escapes me. They lost Croker. three part players in quick succession. That had nothing. Yeah, that had nothing to do with rule changes, and all to do with the fact that they were playing at Campbelltown Stadium, and I think it was the third game that weekend. Um, you know, and that probably has to be that probably has not been considered since um, Souths and the Dogs have started moving back to ANZ and stuff like that. But at one point, there were there were and the Roosters have moved back to the SCG from Bankwest. But at one point. All the Sydney teams and Canberra were playing out of um, two or three stadiums in Sydney, and it it, it just the, the the grounds had turned into the, by this point they they turned into sandpits. So um, I I I, re, I rebut the fact that this idea is around that injuries are caused by the rule changes. I don't, I don't think it has as much to do with it as some teams want to make out. <laughs> well, your team's looking somewhat healthy. You've got a bit of a <laughs> shot back line. And of course you're going to say this, uh, even though hey. you only narrowly beat the Cowboys on the weekend. But um, yeah, I, I just, we have, no, we've, had a, we've had our share of season ending injuries. Yeah, you have. That's what I said. You've had a couple. Um, I, yeah, yeah, I just think that there's, They've been long-term injuries, which is what's scaring me. You're seeing, I, I don't know, when you see, I've seen more ACLs this season. I feel like I've seen the last couple of seasons, and whether that's you know fatigue or players just not being prepared, or you mentioned recovery, I'm not sure. But there's there's something there's something going on, and I think the NRL need to have a serious look at this because at the moment the injury the injury pool is quite large. And it hurts. It hurts the it hurts the quality of the game, unfortunately. Yeah, and one of the tackles that they're actually talking about at the moment that I think we will probably have a little bit more of a look at in the coming weeks is this hip drop tackle. Um, it's where the third player comes in um, and sort of drops their body in, and that, that seems to be causing quite a few injuries at the moment. So um, that is something that I think the NRL will have to deal with. Um, it's the one that uh, Bromwich has been charged with um, for his tackle on Ikevalu on Thursday night. So, um, I, look, I think that's something as well. The other one that really sort of annoyed me was there was one um, a couple of weeks ago in the Roosters-Dragons game where Lomax reached out for the try line and his leg got twisted. I mean, yeah, and, that, right. and then he's had a sort of a knee... Yeah, by Ryan Hall, and he's had a knee niggle since then. And, you know, it's these little things that are causing the injuries. It's these the little, this is, it is the wrestle. And this is what, this is what the six again should be eliminating. And instead of even focusing on that, it, it seems to get lost in it, lost in discussion about other things. And I think that this, talking about the six again is, is a huge distraction from the remnants of the wrestle that are still in the game and the tactics that players are using. And I think, even Proctor's thing is is another tactic that's sort of it, it's aggravating your opposition. It's why the question here is instead of we, we shouldn't be talking about why is Proctor biting short. Sorry, the question is isn't why is Proctor biting Sean Johnson? It should be why is Sean Johnson's face uh, arm up there anyway? Like he has a whole body to tackle him to. Why is his forearm covering his mouth and his nose? How they're taught, unfortunately. Unfortunately, it is. You see, it was a you rhetorical now, question, but thanks see, for answering it, Corey. You see, you see now <laughs> that all players are taught. You know, when you run into the line, you don't run front first; you run back first. 
so that you, you can get a quicker play of the ball when teams, you know, and teams are taught you have two high, one low. Like there's just things that are taught in the game and you do that. So you go too high, the, uh, they hold the guy up, the guy comes in below, then you can roll them onto their back. That's, that's the things that are taught now. It's not as simple as, you know, you don't see the good hits where you get someone clean under the ribs anymore because when, you, when someone gets hit clean under the ribs, the ball's still free and they get an offload. Legs ta- tackles around the legs don't happen anymore because yeah. it means a quick play of the ball. So, you know, they're the things that I don't know whether the NRL can look at because it's so ingrained in our game at the moment. But, yeah, something there, there will be, I feel, I feel like there will be, there will be some changes made to try and reduce the amount of injury that has happened this year. And I think that's smart by the NRL. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what comes out of that. That, that. that really put a dampener on what was a good game, I thought, between Cronulla and the Titans. The, the, we've spoken about this for a few weeks. The Titans are probably one of the only teams in that bottom end of the ladder that's really putting an effort week to week. Um, they were... They were really giving it to Cronulla and, and that send-off is going to have probably a, a, a huge bearing on um, where teams finish up in the top eight. So the four and against the Cronulla ended up with. But um, that is leading into my next topic with you, Corbs, which is this battle for um, the crucial, crucial fourth spot. So I just want to run through the ladder with you. So you've currently got Penrith on top, 25 points, 12 wins, one draw, one loss. Uh, right behind them, uh, the Storm have jumped. Or the Storm are in clear second now on their own. Uh, 12 wins, two losses. Parramatta on 22 points, 11 wins, three losses. Uh, and then it's a four-point break. So the Roosters um, were at clear fourth. They had that loss against Melbourne. And now they're sitting in fourth, 18 points, nine wins, five losses, um, a difference of 156. Canberra also on 18 points, um, difference of 55. Newcastle sitting in that handy on that handy points of 17 with that draw. So they're eight wins, one draw, five losses, plus 73. The bed difference really doesn't matter here. And then you've got Cronulla um, and South both sitting on 16 points, eight wins, six losses. Cronulla plus 56, South plus 53. Um, and then the next team is ninth, and it's held by the only team that ever holds ninth the West Tigers, um, who are at 12 points. So, and really, this battle for fourth, I think, is going to heat up because the Roosters are sitting in fourth and they play fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth in their final four games of the season. They sure do. Uh, yeah. Before that, and the, before that, we play ninth and the Broncos. So, we got the Tigers coming out this week, which we will discuss later. But yeah, the Roosters have, you know, they are versing top eight, top eight sides for the run home. Uh, there was a lot made about how the Roosters had a hard draw to finish the season uh, because they are the premier, they are one of the top clubs in the NRL and you want good TV games at the late end of the season. Fair enough. I understand that. Uh, but they're going to have to prove themselves and you better hope they start getting some troops back at the moment because these next few weeks are going to be very testing and we know how important a top four finish is. In the NRL competition, I don't think there has been a team that has won the comp without finishing in the top four. Am I right? Yeah, I think the only team that's done it are the Bulldogs from sixth in the mid-90s uh, in the very early days of a top eight and a massive competition. But 
A couple of teams from memory, um, I'm thinking of the Dogs 2014, the Warriors 2011 have made the grand final, but it's under the current system, it, I don't think it can be done. It's just, it's so hard to do, um, especially when you're playing so many um, elimination games. Um, I, th- I think it's going to be crucial. And look, I'm looking at this now. Um, I actually think that Canberra is going to take that fourth spot. Canberra play the Titans, the Bulldogs. They play the Roosters in Canberra. They play St. George. They play the Warriors. And then they play Cronulla. Um, I think they'll probably win five of those games. Um, the Roosters will probably win... I, I, the Roosters probably win five of these games too. They've got the Roosters, got the Tigers, the Broncos, the Raiders, the Knights, the Sharks, and Souths. Um, but that you know they're looking a bit vulnerable. That's all. They're just they're they're looking shakier. You said it to me last week. It was a very uncharacteristic performance from them. Uh, and of course they've got Sonny Bill to come back into this team, but he's not fit. He's not. He's not. He's not the Sunny Bill of 2013. You're right, and we've discussed this. He brings presence. He brings frame of mind. Um, but I, I, I don't know if he's... I think he would fit better into a, a fuller, fitter Roosters side. But I think he's going to look where he can do a, a very simple uh, impact player job. But I, I think the Roosters could be a bit exposed coming into the final few rounds. Um, Souths are eighth. There's an, I don't see them getting that top four spot. I... I don't think they're going to actually finish higher than seventh. So they've got Manly this week, but then they play, play Parramatta and the Storm um, before they play the Tigers and Dogs as well. Uh, and then they play the Roosters. Um, and, you know, Penrith have... Uh, sorry, Cronulla have Penrith. So, I mean, that's tricky as well. And they absolutely pumped them last time they played um, and really gave their for and against a shake. So that comes into it too. But Newcastle, I'm kind of not talking about as much here, even though they've got a strong run, because Newcastle is very much dependent on the Raiders and the Roosters because they're on that odd number of points. So their four Mm -hmm. and against is is not is not an issue. It's really it it it's sort of you know they they that they depend on all the other teams around them. So they either finish in the middle of them or above them all or below them all, sort of thing. Yeah, I think that game against the Knights, Roosters Knights in round 18 will be very big. And I I, I also agree the the Roosters play Rabbitohs. Uh, Roosters play uh, Raiders in round 17 down in Canberra, is it? Or is it round 16? No, 17. I think that will decide the top four. Uh, the Roosters have one thing on their side. Uh, it, they have a great for and against. It took a bit of a hit this week, but... That is one thing that's got going for them. They don't normally cop big losses like they did in the weekend. So I... Canberra have a good run. They have a very easy run. And Roosters, as you said, versus five of the top nine teams in the comp. At the back end of the comp. Yeah. And they have they have struggled against top eight teams this season. We've beat Souths. We have beat Para, And that is it. So... Yeah. Yeah. We will see. I took a lot of I took a lot of satisfaction out of doing that research for our Insta story. Um, I'm sure you did. The other thing, the other thing is that Souths and the Roosters um, often, or you know, pretty much always play each other twice in season, and it's usually one apiece. And I think um, since 2011, 
It's been one apiece in every season. One, so one win each in every season except, I think, 2017 from memory. So um, with that in mind as well, um, and given the Roosters beat South in round three, you'd actually expect somehow South to come out of this game with a win. The same thing yeah. happened last year at the, yeah. at the end of the season. Yeah, but but you normally win the first game, we normally win the last game as well. So we'll see how it goes. But last year that last year that didn't happen. Yeah, so then what what we happened did, the week after? The week after is a different competition. <laughs> We're not talking about the week after. <laughs> I had to bring it up. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know, it's you know, they're just putting these things out there. The other, you know, so Cronulla, um, Cronulla, I think, you know, that I've given them a lot of sh- shit this year, as I say it. And, um, but they're, you know, they're in, they're in the eight and, um, you know, they're two points off fourth. So, um, commendable performance. Newcastle, uh, I still don't know. I still don't know. And I'm not as sold as I was a few weeks ago. Um, I I was shocked when I turned on the game. I was ten minutes late turning on the game, and I found them twelve 0 down the other day. I was I was completely shocked. I thought they would absolutely destroy Manly. Uh, they just can't put together dominating performance after dominating performance. And you think you know they just beat the Tigers, who uh, they they destroyed the Tigers. But how good are the Tigers at the moment? They look terrible. They barely beat the Bulldogs. Their defense was shocking on the weekend. So, yeah, Newcastle, oh, they, they can turn it on, especially when Kalen, it's, it, it all hinges on Kalen Ponga. I keep on saying this. He does, he's not consistent enough for me to be classed as a superstar. Uh, so, yeah, I, I worry about the Knights, but they're up there. They're still up there, and you, they're on that odd number of points. So, they're going to they're gonna hover around there. They're definitely going to be around that top four. Yeah. Definitely, but it, you know, it makes her makes her an interesting competition. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, the, it it all really matters because if you're seventh or eighth, you would much rather be playing, and, and you know, you're the Cronulla and or Souths. You'd almost you'd much rather be playing in Sydney than having to make the long trip to Canberra um, or drive up to Newcastle. So, um, you, you know. It, it, it's all going to play a role here, but um, it, it is a sign of a very interesting few weeks ahead. Um, the other thing is going to be the battle for the wooden spoon. Um, I'm sure there are about fans of about 15 clubs that are hanging out to see the Bulldogs win another game this season. Um, really so, close on the weekend. Really close. Yeah. <laughs> the Bronco, oh, every Broncos, every Broncos supporter was there <laughs> shitting themselves, thinking, "Oh God, we're going to have the wooden spoon at the end of this week." Uh, you've been you've been saved one more week, the Broncos fans. So yeah, uh, bit of a better performance from the Bulldogs on the weekend, but still not enough to beat the Tigers. Uh, but yeah, the Broncos are limping into. They, I think they just want the season to end. They want all this mess to be over. And yeah, we've spoken about them at length enough. Yep. All right. Let's get into this week's games. Yeah, let's do it. So round 15 kicks off on Thursday night. Parramatta hosts the Storm at Bank West. Uh, Parramatta are unchanged from the team that lost to St. George last week. 
I have concerns with their performance. It's been a very patchy month from them. Um, that that they've they for me that they've looked a bit shaky since they played the Roosters all those weeks ago. Um, that was a real big test for them. Uh, since then, they've sort of limped to victory. They had they struggled against the Bulldogs a few weeks ago. Um, they had um, that game against Manly uh, at Brookvale Oval as well. So there's you know I. They're sitting in third, but there's still a lot to be desired from their performances uh, in the past few weeks. Now, whether that amps up as we approach the final stretch of the competition is yet to be seen, but the perfect time to do it will be this weekend against second place Melbourne. This is a this is a really big game. Um, the Chandorel is in for Vunavalu on the wing. Um, Tino Fasau Maloi starts at lock for. Dale Finucane, Vetti joins the bench. Jerome Hughes has been named despite a groin injury last week. Um, he was fantastic last week against the Roosters. Um, and Cooper Johns is in Jersey 20 and is on standby for a debut for the Storm if Hughes is not passed as fit. Um, so, look, it, and Bromwich is out as well. So, Bromwich has been suspended for um, his charge. So, Look, it's, it's a tricky one. You'd expect without Smith, without Munster, um, without Bromwich, um, with Hughes possibly out, you'd expect that this could be too much for Melbourne. But they just, everyone continuously, continually underestimates them. So, um, but I'm going to do the same. I'm going to go for Parramatta to um, show themselves Bank West. Um, how about you, Corbs? Yeah, uh, just if Hughes is out, it's an easy one for me. It's it's Parramatta. Even with Hughes, I think that their troops are just they're down. Dale Finucane does so much for them in the middle. He's so consistent and he's their forward leader. So, yeah, I just I think there's a little too much out. You're missing Vunavalu, who's great on the wing. Uh, he's, you know, you see it with the Roosters when they've missed Tupo and attack and Vunavalu has that same aerial threat that... Uh, a player like Tupu does as well, where you just know that you can put a ball up on last tackle over that side and something's going to happen. So it's a big, there's a big loss there as well. Yeah, it's, it's Parramatta for me. I think this is a game where they need to prove to everyone, even despite Melbourne's injuries, that they are an actual contender. There's a lot of doubts going on about them. I know Gus has said vehemently this whole year that he does not think that they have what it takes to go all the way. And I thought they did at the start of the season, but the last two weeks have proved otherwise. So, yeah, this is this is a big game for Parramatta at Bank West. They have to win this. Yeah. Um, and then coming into Friday night now, the 6 o'clock game should be the 8 o'clock game and the 8 o'clock game should be the 6 o'clock game based yep. on the current ladder positions of the two teams. So, um, first place Penrith hosts... Uh, seventh place Cronulla at Panther Stadium on Friday at 6pm. Penrith unchanged from last week's win. The Sharks are unchanged with Rudolph named as usual um, to start at lock despite reverting to the bench every week on game day. Um, I think that Penrith will be too strong. I think look, Cronulla were lucky last week. I think the Titans um, had them on the ropes until the send-off um, occurred, which we spoke about earlier. So for me, it's Penrith. I'm, it's very hard to tip against them for the rest of the season. Yeah, Penrith also put 50 on them last time they met. 
and that just doesn't leave my mind. Um, and I said last week, and I said the week before, and I'm pretty sure I said the week before that, until Penrith lose, why would you ever tip against them? They keep on winning. Even if it's a tight game, they keep on winning. So sticking with them at home, Friday uh, yep. Friday night, foot of the And mountain. we should credit, should credit the fact that they did break the club record last week for um, the longest winning streak with nine games, um, beating the previous record of eight that was so, um, made by the 2003 Premiership winning team. Yeah, you mentioned records. I also want to shout out to Clint Gufferson, who broke the record for most run meters in a single game last week. 368 is a monster effort. So wow. yeah, just uh, forgot forgot about that one while talking about the last game, but that was a huge effort by him in a losing side. All right, the seven thirty, the seven fifty Friday night game. Uh, even despite how badly they're playing, the Broncos still have five of the next six Thursday or Friday night games. Channel Nine does this to themselves. I don't know why. No one wants to watch this team, not even their own fans. But Broncos versus the Dragons up at Suncorp Stadium. Uh, the news came out today that those players uh, who visited a pub have been fined. Uh, there's been no suspension, but they have been fined accordingly. Um, there was a bunch of first graders, including Katoni Staggs, David Fafita. Um, and based on what I've seen over the last couple weeks, uh, based off this whole competition, you've got Payne Haas out. You've got Thomas Flegler out. Uh, Brody Croft has been dropped for Milford. Uh, Jordan Carr, who's playing, I think, his first game of the season. Uh, it's an easy one for me. It's it's the Dragons up at Suncorp. Yeah, I've got St. George too. Um, St. George have one change with uh, Paul Vaughan back after his COVID breach, taking Tristan's, Tristan Saylor's spot, um, which is kind of surprising for me because I thought Tristan Saylor has added quite a bit of spark off the bench. But um, obviously... Dean Young in his first match as interim coach is going for experience at this point in time. Um, I think that the Dragons will get it done. They've got a pretty good record against Brisbane up there. So um, I expect that to repeat and um, to heap more pain on Brisbane. Um, Okay, so then Super Saturday, the Titans, uh, who will still be reeling from what happened to them last weekend, Um, host the Raiders at 3 p.m. on Saturday. Of course, as we are recording this, the NRL judiciary is still in session. This is two hours after it was expected to start, um, after it had started. So they're still in session. And if we get a result before the end of the podcast, we'll bring it to you. Um, Just some some quick news. Just some quick news. The panel is now deciding. So we should have a result soon on Proctor. We should have a result soon. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Anthony Don and Philip Sammy are both back from injury. Um, Copley is out. Corey Thompson's in the reserves. Jai Arrow is out with that shoulder injury. Jar- Jared Wallace starts. Um, Moakai Fotiaka shifting to lock. Sam Stone's on the bench. Um, Proctor is pending. And um, for the Raiders, Hudson Young is named to return to the starting role with Ryan Sutton reverting to the bench. I thought Canberra were very clinical last week. I expect them to do the same this week, although the Titans could be fired up, but it's Canberra for me. Yeah, I'm also going with Canberra. 
Tom Starling off the bench. He's played five first grade games now. He has made 100 tackles, missed zero. So for someone of his stature, he's a little, he's a tiny guy, but he's got tree trunks for legs and he's very good in defense and he's quick as anything. So he's had a real good, uh, real good entrance to first grade. Uh, yeah, Canberra, they're looking good. They've, they've got a couple of troops coming back as well. And they're, you know, the only big name that's really missing is Josh Hodson. Uh, so they're, they're primed for a good stretch run at the back of the season like we talked about earlier on. I have liked what I've seen out of the Titans, uh, but I think the loss of Arrow is going to hurt them. They have shown a lot of grit, though, out of those bottom teams. They're the ones who, week in, week out, I think have put in the most effort. But Canberra, for me, too strong. Yep. Um, that hearing, by the way, is at two hours and 18 minutes at the moment. So Jesus. I don't know if it's a hearing or a murder trial. I'm not too sure. Now, um, Tigers, Roosters, Leichhardt Oval, Saturday afternoon. Tigers are unchanged from their one-point victory over the Dogs. Twal is a chance of making his injury come back after being named in Jersey 18. Uh, for the Roosters, Brett Morris and JWH return from injury. Um, Orbison's out with a fractured wrist. Nat Butcher's second row. Lachlan Lamb, ankle. Luke Keary, ribs, both out. So the Roosters have a new halves pairing of Hutchinson and Flanagan. And Freddie Lusick is debuting on the bench. Not sure what position he plays, do you, Corb? Uh, he's a hooker. Uh, there's one name in Jersey 21 that gives me a lot of... is showing me a lot of interest, though. Sam Walker. Now, for those of you who don't know who Sam Walker is, he is the Queensland prodigy, son of Chris Walker, I believe. Uh Roosters stole him from the Broncos juniors and he is named in Jersey 21. It would not surprise me if Robbo slides him in instead of Hutchinson and Darcy Lussick misses out. Just have a, have a watch for that one. Uh, A lot of raps on this kid. Um, So yeah, but Flanagan gets his spot back. Not I guess he had to due to injury. Uh, Brett Morris is going to be a good addition to the back. I think we've been missing a strike winger the last few weeks and Jared just takes a load off Takiaho. Um the Tigers are barely beating bad teams and they're getting pumped by good teams so I'm tipping the Roosters in this one um, I haven't liked what I've seen out of us but um, I think the, we're, we're going to be helped by a couple of names uh, returning and yeah I think it's I think we should win I'm going for the Tigers <laughs> it's my uh, risky tip of the week and you got to catch um, me somehow I'll probably i've got to catch you somehow that's what i'm thinking um and i think this is when i'm going to do it so um we're split there i've gone the ninth place tigers to beat the fourth place roosters at leichardt um which brings us into saturday's big game um eighth versus tenth south's host manly at anz um, for South, Liam Knight is suspended. He's out for a game. Bailey Sirinan's um, going to be in the run-on side. And Jack Johns is on the bench. Um, also note that Jed Cartwright is named in the reserves as well. Um, for Manly, um, Brendan Elliott is out with his ACL injury. So Garrick returns to fullback. Tafu is recalled on the wing. Uh, Marty Tapao is back at prop after head knock. Um, Jake Trebojevich at lock. Corey Waddell is back to the pine. And Jack Gajewski is out. Um, I think Souths are going to win this one. I think 
it'll be close. Manly will make them fight for those two points, but um, I just think Souths have a stronger stronger team at the moment. Um, they're stringing some wins together, but Manly will give them a run for it. It's also going to be great to watch Sirenen in 12 for Souths play Sirenen in 12 for Manly. Uh, nice brotherly concert contest to spice things up as well. Yeah, uh, Manly will be kicking themselves that they loaned Albert Hopawati to uh, the Warriors this week because he would have been a nice person to plug into that fullback spot now that Elliot is missing. They do expect Tom to be back, I think, around 16 or 17. Uh, so Garrick's going to have to hold the fort down till then. I didn't like what I saw out of him at fullback at the start of the year, and I don't think Des did either. Um, I'm going with Souths in this one. Uh, they did narrowly beat the Cowboys last week, but it was up in up in Townsville, which is no easy feat this year, considering it's a it's an 18 hour trip. Basically, you go you fly up on the day, you fly back that day. Uh, Souths have a decent turnaround. Um, really liking what I'm seeing out of Colin Matungi from off your bench. I think he's a yeah, he's someone to watch in the future. He's awesome. He's really good. Yeah. Um, Joel Thompson is playing despite severing his tongue in two, which looked absolutely disgusting. But yeah, south for me. Yep. Um, okay, so Sunday, Bulldogs and the Warriors. Now, as if the Warriors here couldn't get any weirder, Corbs, there was a bit of a sponsorship saga. Yeah. Uh, the NRL Premiership is sponsored by Telstra, and the Warriors. Obviously, their Warrior, the Warriors' main sponsor is Vodafone. It has been for I think twenty-two years since their introduction into the NRL competition, and because the NRL changed their broadcast deal with Telstra, which uh, prevented Telstra customers from getting the NRL uh, free on the NRL app. Uh, Telstra hit back at the NRL and said, well, we've given you leeway with the Warriors for having a competitor as their sponsor. We're no longer allowing that. Telstra came out today and said that due to the hard times being faced by the Warriors, we are going to allow this partnership with the Warriors and Vodafone to continue, uh, which well done by Telstra. It's the right decision to make at this present time, but I think it's something that in the future, the Warriors are going to need to look at finding a new sponsor. Uh, so, yeah, been a bit of a weird week for them. Um, but despite that, I'm tipping the Warriors. They've played really hard the last couple of weeks. Uh, so, yeah, I think they get the win here. Yeah. Um, I think so too. Although the Dogs gave the Tigers a run. Um, Will Hopawati returns um, with Nick Meany shifting to the wing and Marcello Montoya out. Jeremy Marshall King, Aidan Tolman, and Matt Dory all move into the run on side. Sione Katoa and Luke Thompson to the bench. Uh, Josh Jackson is at lock, and Dylan Napa is suspended. Avarillo's on the interchange. Um, for the Warriors, Perham gets his first game since round four. Um, Pompey's on the wing. Patrick Herbert's out. Elise Katoa is suspended. Isaiah Papali in the second row, and Jake and Jack Murchie recalled on the bench. Um, I think the Warriors uh, will get this one. And that whole thing about their sponsorship is absolutely ridiculous. Um, 
I don't even know why it was raised at this point. It was obviously going to get backlash like that. So, but the Warriors taking it all in their stride and um, looking pretty good under interim coach Todd Payton at the moment. Todd Payton at the moment as well. Yeah, last game of the round, we have the Knights versus Cowboys at McDonald Jones Stadium up at Newcastle. Uh, this one's an easy one for me. I'm tipping the Knights, even though they weren't convincing last week against Manly. I just think that the Cowboys are probably the most inconsistent team in the NRL. Uh, one week they look good, the next week they're, they look like one of the worst sides in the competition. And I think it's their turn to be one of the worst sides in the competition this week. And I think the Knights weren't happy with their performance last week. They know it and they're going to bounce back. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Knights, I'm Knights. tipping. I, yeah. I'm going to tip Newcastle too. Mike, as we finish this recording, um, Kevin Proctor has been found guilty of biting. Um, and the panel has um, been. Um, the panel did take into account that Proctor has only been suspended once in his 12-year NRL career when deciding on that penalty. And I'm just trying to find out what that penalty actually is. But that is absolutely... I don't think it's come down yet either. It is absolutely crazy decision um, that this has happened. Um I'm just, he will get a 25% discount for seven years good behavior. Um, but so does that uh, mean, this is this is going to absolutely absolutely going to blow up. Yeah. So if it was a 12 week, the last biting charge was 12 weeks by James Graham, which was nine, which was 12 weeks. So that means he'd be getting nine weeks uh, at this rate. That's a guess. If it was com- if it was if it was comparable. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't think, I don't think it is. Compared. I think. I think. I think Graham went right at Slater's ear, which is completely different. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so either way, Proctor's Proctor's going to miss this week, and probably a couple after that. Uh, sorry that that news now, is not broken while we're recording. We now, tried to get it there, but I. Yeah, yeah I am no expert on. Um, this, but I have a feeling that this will lead to such an uproar that there will be a massive overhaul of the judiciary at the end of the season. That's just wow. how I see this going now because uh, it's, just, I also, it's I absolutely also, absurd. I also saw that uh, Proctor and Johnson could be fined for trying to rally the public vote. Uh, by releasing statements before the judiciary hearing and whatnot. So uh, I think they're going to cop some sort of monetary fine for that. Uh, all right, Emmanuel, I think that's it for the week. We've hit everything, uh, yeah. gone through our tips. There was a lot of news to talk about. Um, tried to break some live news while we're recording, but didn't quite go our way. <laughs> Almost got all of it. Um but please continue to follow well, us on Instagram and Twitter. I can break for you right now that you want to say I can break something. Break for you right now that poor old Tyrrell Flynn is still waiting to be uh, heard at the judiciary. So he was stuck behind Proctor. So he's still Who? sitting there waiting to be heard. Tyrrell Flynn, my owner. I think he got two weeks. No, he's still waiting. I thought he got suspended. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> anyway, um, Mike, thanks. That's a great podcast. Um, How good is Rugby League? Have a good week. Have a good week, guys. Thank you.